Hey, everyone, and welcome to Ruby for All, a brand new Ruby podcast that I am doing with Julie. So we're going to introduce ourselves real quick. Um, I am Andrew Mason. I am a full stack Rails engineer. I've been doing Rails for about four years. And I'm currently a senior product developer at Podia. I'm also on a few, I've been on a few different podcasts over the years, like Ruby Rogues, uh, the Ruby Blend, and currently Remote Ruby. And now I'm here with Julie doing Ruby for All. So Julie, do you want to introduce yourself? My name is Julie, and I am a junior developer at Academy. And I am super stoked that Andrew Mason decided that he was willing to be a co-host uh, for me for Ruby for all. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. So I think like people may know me, and now they're going to know you. But like, how did we meet? I think this I think this is kind of cool, personally. So we had met on Twitter, right? We talked on Twitter in the past, right? We did. And actually, the I believe the way we met is I started tweeting about 100 days of code right about when I was starting to look for a job. And spinning my 100 days of code, I decided to share a Ruby tidbit that I learned that day. And that was about the time I think you also started Ruby Radar. And yeah someone had told me that I was on the newsletter and I looked at it and that's when I reached out to you and I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for acknowledging me. And I was super excited. And then from there, we started just kind of chatting on Twitter. Yeah, I I completely forgot about that. Honestly, I forgot <laughs> the exact like kickoff to that. That's, that's so cool. Ruby Radar, if no one's ever looked it out, it's rubyradar.dev right now. And it's a, it's a newsletter that Colin Gilbert and I do every week where we find content from the past week and we put it into a newsletter and it's mainly supposed to show off like cool stuff people are creating and trying to like push out content from creators who are maybe less well-known or like getting into Ruby. And that's awesome that that's awesome. That's the way that we kind of first met, but then we met again, uh, in person this time at RailsConf 2022. How was your Rails comp? I don't think we've talked about that. Was that your first one? I have, and it was definitely my first one. And I got to say, it was an amazing experience. And part of why it was so amazing, I mean, number one, the Ruby community and some of the relationships that I've developed there. But also, I applied for a scholarship. And I was very hesitant to apply for the scholarship because I already was working at Code Academy and I wasn't sure if I should be doing that. But it was it was my first uh, RailsConf experience. I wanted to have a guide and that was my main reason for applying. And it's funny because I asked Andrea Gomera, like, should I be applying for this? I don't, I don't really feel right. And she was just like, let them decide. And right. without, like, if it wasn't for her, I probably would not have um, been there. Or if I was, maybe my experience would have been different. But I had an awesome guide. Uh, Nani Dutton is um, just, I couldn't have asked for a better guide. And he, like, showed me around to so many different people. And it helped me kind of break out of my... I don't know, my, my shell and just 
be out there meeting new people. It was such a great experience. And I got to meet you in person and I was like, oh my gosh, Andrew, can I take a selfie with you? (laughs) (laughs) That was so fun for me. I mean, I, no one asked me to take a selfie, right? As they shouldn't, but like the fact that you did, I was like, oh my God, my, my ego hit, hit numbers that day. It was crazy. Um, I was with a friend when you did that and my, we were walking away and my friend's like, don't, don't let this think, don't let this think you're big time. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, I, I gave a, a, a talk at RailsConf, um, with Jason Charns and Chris Oliver and it's called how to start a Ruby podcast. And you were in an audience. Thank you for coming because I didn't think anyone was going to come. Um, and afterwards you were like, I've always wanted to start a podcast, but I, I, I need to find a co-host. And I was like, let's go. You didn't even hear what the topic was going to, or what the, um, the pitch was going to be. And you were like, let's just do it. Um, so I thought that was so awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I like part of it's because I just like to hear myself talk. <laughs> The other part is like new friend, let's go. But yeah, so that's that's how we met. And that's kind of how this podcast, the initial part of it became. And so what are what are some things that people can look forward to on this grand podcast that we now have together? Yeah, the reason why I wanted to start up this podcast is because as a junior developer, there is a lot of great already podcasts out there, but I wanted something a little bit geared more for beginners, I wanted to also help the Ruby community by putting stuff out there that will help um, our fellow junior developers. And it would also be great to get constant feedback from our experienced developers and how they maybe have tackled imposter syndrome and how they can help us level up. Yeah. And even though you didn't give me the pitch originally, you gave it to me afterwards. And I was like, this is perfect because I mean, if anyone's ever heard me talk, like I try to advocate for juniors as much as possible because like at the end of the day, I still feel like one. Um, I know <laughs> my title does not indicate that. I don't, I just, I don't know how, I mean, I know how I got here, but at the same time, it's like, how did I even get here to this place? Because like every day I still feel like the biggest idiot. So I am very excited to kind of talk about some of these, you know, however we can help juniors like talking, like talking about ways to get jobs in the community and talking about like the things that we go through and the problems we encounter and maybe those can help other people. And I think one thing we also talked about was like, we want like feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We want to hear what y'all, the listeners want to hear. And we want to talk about them. And if that includes, you know, if we're not smart enough to like handle that topic, we'll find someone who is. And, but I think that's like kind of our mission here is to make the Ruby community even more welcoming to juniors and find ways so that they can feel comfortable. Cause like one thing that you had said to me earlier was like, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of Ruby podcasts, right. But a lot of them are aimed at seniors or more senior content. It feels like none of them are like aimed at juniors, right? Is that your experience? Yeah, I did feel that while I listened to a lot of the Ruby podcasts out there now, maybe half of it is over my head and I still listen to it because it's a lot of great content, but would love to also hear something more catered to juniors. Yeah. 
And I, yeah, I feel that, especially when I was first starting out, like I would listen to the bike shed podcast and I used to listen to it, like starting from like episode one, I would listen to it on, I've I've listened to it all the way through at least twice because I learned so much. And even though I didn't understand really much of it because I was still like just starting, I felt like it was such a learning like tool for me, at least to just be like, go discover other things. But it was, there were a lot of points where I was like, dang, I wish they could have just explained what that was. I feel like we know what we know and we forget that other people don't know it. And I think on our, on the show, the goal is going to be like to distill some of that stuff down a little bit more as much. I mean, as much as you can in audio form, because like, I don't know how well we could explain like how to, you know, deploy a rails app on like a digital ocean (laughs) droplet or something like that over text, but uh, or over audio, but I mean, we'll figure it out. Right. I like that you mentioned that you would hear a podcast and like wish that they talked about something a little bit more deeply because that is basically what I do when I listen to podcasts sometimes I'd have to kind of pause it and start googling just so that I could understand and I do this a lot with like I'm starting to watch the RailsConf talks uh, because we have access to them being uh, invited to the home edition and I love that I can pause while someone's talking and just like get a little bit more further information. Yeah, that's that's always been a thing for me with the Rails Comp Talks, even though I don't actually rewatch them as much as I want to. But like, I I sometimes will go to the talks in person, but like less and less over the years, it seems, because the hallway track, which is the hallway track being like this made up term for when a lot of like developers will just hang out in the hallway talking to each other instead of going inside the talks and like i think as a junior like i was always in the talk um but over the years as i've started to meet more and more people like i start to hang out outside the talk and because i'm like oh i can just watch this later if i really want to uh, but there's some i always go to like nick schwatter i love his talks i will always attend his talks his talks are so fun if you've never been to one um but yeah and the the podcast thing like the first podcast i ever got on i was like it was Jason Sweat. It was on a podcast that no longer is active. It was called the Ruby Testing Podcast. And like at the time, I guess I was like, I'd been working professionally in Rails for like two months, I think, but I'd been an intern for a little bit before then. And I was listening to any Ruby podcast I could find. And he was talking about all this testing stuff. And I'm like, I just don't know any of this. And I was like, and I have all these questions about testing because like testing is always that thing that like, hey, here's how you write tests. And they're like, cool, now I know how to write tests, but like, when do I write tests and what for? And like all these other things. And I was, I messaged him and I was like, hey, can I, I have so many questions about testing. Can I just come on and ask you? And he was like, yeah. And that was like my first podcast. That is amazing. What an experience. And also being able to ask firsthand about testing. I find testing a very kind of complex topic for me as well. There's not a whole lot of, I guess I don't want to admit this, but I went through like my two years of learning programming without really writing tests. And the first time I wrote a test was for uh, my take home at Cook Academy. Still on my testing journey. Oh, okay. Not that different for me at all. I didn't write any tests until I was working in production somewhere. And then even then it was like, well, I don't really know how to write tests. 
you know so and I mean eventually I learned but I still like to this day I'm like do we really need tests for that like yeah I just feel so lazy (laughs) and I don't do TDD and I know people are like oh yeah TDDs blah 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 but like I've never gotten that benefit out of it and I, I don't think people who preach that it's like the best way are correct at all I think it's just a way and yeah, that's my opinion on testing. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do TDD, but then I also feel like, is it because I'm so junior that I don't know what I want my app to do yet? I find myself when I pick up something that I'm just playing around with all the different options first and then kind of writing my test after I figure out what I want it to do. Yeah, I think I kind of do the same thing. Like, I don't know exactly where I want to go with this yet. So it's like writing tests feels weird. It's like, I need to, I need to experiment. I need to try some stuff first. I think that's the way to do it. Especially like someone described to me a long time ago and I've, I like the answer. So I've always used it as like a junior is someone who's trying to figure out like what a solution to like trying to find like a solution to a problem and trying to figure out how to implement it. And a medium developer or mid-level developer is someone who, who can, figure like knows the problem and can implement a solution like without having to do as much like like figuring things out and then a senior developers implemented something so many times they know the ways not to do it and i i yeah i definitely was and sometimes still am in that place of like i have no idea what to do with this like i don't know where to start i'm not sure like i know that what it needs to do but like what do i do next right so it's like a lot of fumbling around it feels like I don't think that's bad. I think it's just kind of like journey. Yeah, no, I don't think that's bad. And I actually really appreciate that you bring this up because I feel like for me as a junior, I've always thought that senior developers always know what they're doing. And it sort of brings back the imposter syndrome. Like, I don't know that I would ever get to that place. But when you're so real and you tell me like it is, like it makes me feel so much better um, about me and my like imposter syndrome journey. I I have imposter syndrome too. Don't worry. The other day <laughs> I looked at a piece of code and I was like, "There's no way I will ever get to a point where I can just write this," and that's not true, because I will get there and you will too. Um, but it, I still feel like that every day. It's like I, I speaking of Andrea, I looked at some code Andrea wrote the other day and I'm like, "How would I ever have known how to do this?" Right, but. Eventually I will. And maybe I would have, and I'm just like, you know, just like in awe of her solution. Right. But it's like one, like I could have figured, I maybe could have figured this out. Probably could have. And I'm sure you could have too. The time it would have taken us maybe different, but like, I don't know, every solution or every problem has some solution somewhere. Right. Regardless of how elegant it is. But yeah, I still feel like that all the time. Like there's no way I'll ever get this good. But I guess every every year, like I look back at myself a year ago and I'm like, holy crap, like I know so much more and versus the year before that and the year before that. So it's like it's it feels slow when you're in it. But then afterwards, you're like, holy crap, I know so much more than I used to. Do you ever look back at your code from like the previous year and start? Uh, I don't know. Convulsing. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yeah. Constantly. It's like, oh my God, who, what idiot wrote this code? And it's like, oh, cool. It was me oh, all the time. I'm sort of afraid to look at uh, my code that I wrote a year ago. And actually 
coming up in two weeks, it'll be like one year for me at Cocademy. Um, nice. But yeah, I actually am too scared to look at my code, uh, how I did a year ago. It's like, uh, I probably would want to go back and update it to something better. Maybe, but like, that's like your, that's like, like, if you're not taking like notes of like your progression, I guess, which is kind of hard to with code, that's like the best way to see your progression. Instead of being like, oh my God, that code I wrote a year ago is so bad. It's like, oh my God, the code I'm writing this year is so much better, right? Wow, it's I love like, hearing that. Yeah, I mean, cause like that's like, you're just gonna get better and better and better and better and better. And like, I think the thing that I always lose sight of, and I don't know, maybe you do too as well, is like, like I should be as good as Chris or Jason or someone like this, like these people that I've looked up to and I work with and I'm like, why can't I do this? But it's like, I've only been doing this for four, three or four years, right? They've been doing it for like 10, 15, 20. And it's like just the minimal amount that I've gained in this four years is kind of impressive, right? To me, it's like, why am I expecting that I'll be as good as these people who have done it for 10, 15 years longer than me? Like that doesn't even like, the I wouldn't do that with something else. Like, why am I expecting me to be able to do that? That's a good point. And also if you continue to keep comparing yourself, they're always going to add yours to <laughs> their journey and that'll just make us all sad. But I like that you mentioned that we shouldn't really be comparing ourselves to others. And I like to preach that I should compare myself to who I was before, even yesterday or a week ago or a month ago or a year ago. And you can, I can, I mean, I was just talking to my mentor the other day about, I I actually don't do a lot of front end code and I learned React on the job. And I meet with my mentor every week so that she can kind of help guide me through all of the front end code. And I would say like a few months ago, I would look at a front end PR that I'd have to review and I would just, I have no idea. Like I would look at the code and it would just be all foreign to me. Um, so the the least I could do is test it to see if it breaks and kind of provide my feedback there. But like last week I met with her and I was like, I am actually understanding what I'm looking at. I might not be able to provide a code review, like how the code should appear, but I can actually follow the code and and see that it makes sense to me and provide that as the as a review. So like. I grew quite a bit and just in front end in the last few months. That's awesome. The review thing is where I feel like the biggest idiot to be fair. <laughs> but I think what you just said is like perfect of like, I have people a lot of the time being like, Hey, how do I get started with code review? I feel like it's so hard to look at someone else's code and just figure out what it's doing. And then like reading code is an art, I think. And it's something that you have to get good at with practice. And that's why I like to read like gems and stuff. Like just to, I like, I will read the source code of things and figure out ways people are doing them, not to like study it, just to kind of get an idea. Because like once you see something one time, I feel like in program, it's like, oh, I remember someone else was doing this in this gem I was looking at a few months ago. And I know where that gem is. So maybe I could figure out what they were doing and try to implement it. But it's like, if you like just pulling down someone's code and testing it, I feel like is a great first step for a junior reviewer. And like, honestly, that's more than I would expect because I mean, that's very helpful, right? Because like I miss things all the time. So having a reviewer who's not just reading your code, but maybe pulls it down, I feel like is very helpful. I love how honest you are about um, saying that you might miss things because 
sometimes I'm scared to put in a review because the person I'm reviewing is a senior and I'm only a junior. What could I possibly say that would be helpful in this situation? There have been a couple of reviews that I've reviewed where there might be some questions that I had. And even if it's not something that I could provide feedback on, asking those questions helped me understand the code better or helped me understand why they chose to do one thing over another. So I feel like being able to ask questions in code reviews has been so helpful for me on my junior developing journey. I think it's helpful for the person who wrote the code too. Because like, if you ask me like a question, you're like, because I should say, I always word code review as questions, questions or praise because code review is not like a demand, a place to demand things, right? Or like you did this wrong, blah, blah, blah. And if someone is doing that, then you've got a major problem, but it's like, it's a place to ask questions and to like kind of explore together. And it's like, Hey, like, did you think about this? Like what, what, what would happen if this happened? Or like, you know, why did you decide to do it like this? Because like that gives me the person who is like, you know, who's written the code, like, oh crap, you know, I didn't even think about that. Or maybe like by answering your question, I realized something else about the code. Um, it also helps the, me understand the code more, right? I, sometimes I write code that I'm like, yeah, it works. I don't hundred percent understand what I just did, um, but it works. But I think, I think all of it's helpful, right? Especially if you're just keeping it like, as long as it's not like demands. And also like at the end, I think a lot of people are scared of code review to give code review as a junior because they're like, what can I offer? And also like, what if I miss something and this goes out of production and it breaks production. And it's like, that's not your job as the reviewer. If that person ships code that's broken, that's not your fault because you missed something in code review, right? Because ideal, the point of code review is, I mean, people will debate the point, but it's not to like find the typos. Like that should be done by the person who wrote it, right? So if it's broken, like I don't, that's their fault, not yours. And so I feel like, yeah, just asking questions. Um, and I, my rule is I always give one compliment and just to be like, oh, I really like the way you did this or thanks for cleaning this up or like, this looks great. Or like, I wish I had thought about this. Some, just something small, just to like, I don't know, look, just to make sure it's, it, code review can turn into like this ego thing. I've seen it before where people are like, oh, I feel like you, sh you, you could have done this so much better. And if you'd written this like this and blah, 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 and it, it, it becomes like unhelpful at that point. If it becomes adversarial, it becomes very unhelpful. Just keeping it light, mm -hmm. keeping it friendly, like teamwork basically. Yeah. Yeah. I like what I've you said about asking questions. I also really like the tips that you have kind of providing a compliment for each one. Like that's just helpful for me to read, even like if I'm putting up something for a code review, it would be nice to hear some sort of compliment. So I really like that a lot. I'll be more mindful about that going forward. I was going to yeah. ask you if you do a lot of pairing at Podia. We do. And I love to pair. I, I, I work so much better with a pair because I have insane ADHD. And just having someone to force me to sit in my seat <laughs> is big enough by itself. But yeah, we do a lot of pairing and I have a lot of thoughts on pairing and enough that we could probably pack that into a full episode. But yeah, I love to pair. I myself love pairing a lot and I don't think I could be the person I am today without all of the pairing sessions that I've formulated. And I also pair outside of work as well. So I think definitely we could talk about that. 
yeah next week save that we'll say that because we're we're running on time so you want to bring this train into the station for our our inaugural episode (laughs) yeah thank you for all the listeners who have come today to listen to us rant about whatever it is that junior developers want to rant about (laughs) yeah yeah thank you to everyone I'm a, I'm very excited to go on this journey with you. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully some people will find some of it helpful, you know? I will at least find it helpful because I get to see you every week, so. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, then at minimum, we're helping one person. Goal, goal achieved. <laughs> well, Julie, I will talk to you next week. To everyone else, catch you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye.